0: Hi, I'm Dave, and welcome back to another episode of I'm Glad I Heard That. And in these episodes, what we are trying to do is give you content as men, where you hear perspectives, you hear stories, and you hear thoughts, and after you leave um, listening or watching to this, that you would say, I'm really glad I heard that. And today, our guest is a good friend of mine, Donnie Stubblefield. Um, I had the privilege of getting to meet Donnie in the summer of 1991, when I was a seventh grade student and Donnie was here uh, as an adult intern learning how to do youth ministry. So first of all, let me say welcome, Donnie.
1: Uh, it's always a blessing to be back here.
0: Yeah, it's great to have you back at Faith. Um, so to kind of get us started, what I'd like to um, start with is the, um, asking you about, first of all, um, what were you doing as an adult before you got into youth ministry, because you became an intern here as an adult, and then how did you start into youth ministry?
1: See, we're going way back. We are. And at my age, you know, trying to remember all the details, they get kind of fuzzy, and it gets a lot bigger, too. That's, a, you know, a guy's fishing story type thing. <laughs> but, uh, no, we, uh, actually, I was working down at the Lake of the Ozarks. Uh, we had a lumberyard, lumber Lumberyard, and uh, I had these uh, four little boys. Uh, they came in, middle school kids. Uh, they came in uh, wanting to know uh, if we could go play basketball at the, the St. Paul's Lutheran Church. Uh, and I knew the principal and so I called him to say hey can I get a key so we can get into the gym and it's one of those all you know concrete echo chamber type gyms Uh, so we went down there and uh, started playing basketball and we just kept this going it was every Thursday did this for about three weeks and uh, you you just got to know these little boys Uh, their daddies were the local drug dealers and alcoholics in town okay so they just you know they're just looking for you know leadership more than anything uh, and just someone to, to help guide them. And it was one of those things I was like, hey, sure. So we went down, after three weeks of playing basketball, it's like, hey guys, do you want to, uh, you guys want to go to church with me? Or maybe we'll start our own youth group. And they're like, we want to start our own youth group. <laughs> so, like seriously, okay. And I said, uh, and we came up with the name, uh, uh, Yo, okay. which was Youth Outreach. That, that, that's the name they wanted, they, they liked Yo. You got to again go back now. It's the '90s, yeah. uh, and then uh, they picked out the colors of the uh, the Oakland Raiders back in the day. Yeah, so Hardcore. it was it, it was yeah. all silver and black. Yeah, and then uh, we just we did uh, we moved it to Wednesdays, uh, five o'clock, and they would come in, and it grew from these four boys coming in to over fifty in a year. Uh, they were inviting all their friends, and every and this is a small town, but you know words getting around uh had a couple of people come in to start helping and our, our whole thing was we'd hang out for about uh just that was the main thing it's just you know people don't care what you're known to and they know you care that type of thing so literally it was mm-hmm. one of those we would uh, hang out for about 45 minutes to an hour playing basketball football and back you know the tackle football we yeah yeah gotta, it's got to be tackle, right, right yeah now. back <laughs> 2 hand touch it was <laughs> <Right>. so <laughs> we're not doing that. Uh, so anyhow, it went from that, and then at the end, uh, there'd be like a 10-minute devotion. Get the Bible out, and I'd share with them, and then we'd have a healthy snack, and then drive them home. Oh my that, was kinda, that was the, the routine. And it was just one of those things, uh, you know, God had blessed the lumberyard uh, to where it was one of those things I could go in, in the morning. And, you know, a lot of guys, in, if you're in the lumber industry or construction, a lot of that is like 7 to 3, and you're, you're pretty much done okay you know so i could get everything wrapped up by three and then from three on just hang out you know with the students and uh yeah with from that relationship uh, connecting uh you know it was one of those they god just started planting a seed in my heart saying hey you know you've been successful now are you ready to be significant and Hmm. you know and i had the blessing that you know you're 32 years old going okay god's calling me into something else Okay. Uh, now, it, don't get me wrong, it was, it, it was incredible, it was a huge blessing, but I, it's like, what am I going to do? I'm not going back to school for this. Well, with my stubbornness of saying I'm not going back to school, yeah, Leslie and I drove up to, to Seward, to Concordia, in, okay. in Seward, Nebraska. Uh, and essentially, they looked at me and said, well, you're non-typical. Uh, and they kept using that phrase, non-typical. You know, <laughs> they're giving me the campus tour, you know, here's this 19-year-old. Uh, and she's given us the campus tour and kept referencing Leslie's eyes as non-typical which is (laughs) another way of saying man you're really old Old. yeah you're really old (laughs) yeah but uh, you know I went uh, to Mizzou and uh, essentially they didn't want to take any of the credits that I had and they said well it'd just be five years and it's like no and then of that I did say well how much you know I just wanted to youth ministry and they kept telling me it's like well that's not a that's not a career and I'm like no i i wanted to do well you need to be a teacher no i just want to be a youth minister so Mm -hmm. we started going through the track and everything they had and of of the hundred and whatever it was 30 hours something like that three hours was youth ministry and it's like okay and i had read the nuts and bolts of youth ministry jim burns so that was their book so they're going to take you know i got to give them five years so i can read this book (laughs) So I was like, yeah, and again, they've progressed. The, all the Concordias have come a long sure. way from then. You know, that's 30 years ago. So, <laughs> uh, But uh, just hungry. It's like, okay, God, you know, if this is what you want us to do, how can I get more training? You know, how can I get better at it? To yeah. be quite honest. Uh, and we went to a Visions and Dream seminar put on by Pastor Warren Art, And there was a <laughs> section down here underneath that said, Uh, youth ministry Byron Porish, DCE I had no idea what DCE stood for Uh, but yeah Uh, so it's like okay and I went to uh, went to it Uh, it was up in st. Louis I stayed with my brother-in-law it was over in Chesterfield Uh, so drove over there Uh, first first day seriously Uh, that Saturday morning uh, I'm just absorbing everything Arne has to say and went to the breakout session with Byron And uh, Byron, I think, had about an hour and a half of teaching, typical Byron, you know, just all over the place. The hair, yeah, yeah. just, yeah, the hair. Ah! Exactly. Uh, And it was just one of his enthusiasm for Jesus and for youth. I mean, it was just, yeah, it's like, I want to do that. Uh, So anyhow, uh, I asked him, can I take you to lunch? And so, Good move. yeah, so well, and that's it's like, mm-hmm. uh, so we went and had lunch, and then uh, I went, we went back to Warren's thing, and then the other breakout session that afternoon. And then um, before I left, Byron looked at me and said, Boy, would I love to mentor you. And uh, I called him, uh, you know, he, he came back up here, you know, to yep. Faith uh, in Troy, and I went back down to Lake the Ozarks. And then uh, about three weeks later, I gave him a call. I said, are you serious? And he goes, yeah. He says, but I want you to write out what you want to learn. I still have that sheet. Okay. So I went through and wrote out, here's the, the top 20 things I want to learn from you. And faxed it because there wasn't any. And there was the old thermo fax. So yeah. I still, yeah, I still yeah. have the it. Carbon yeah, carbon paper. Yeah. 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 So I uh, sent that in to him. And uh, he, I said, I, I can give you a month. And that's a that's uh, month is summer. And, yeah, that's and I when remember I, from June and July. I left on my anniversary and came up.
0: <laughs> you know, and I remember going, Man, this guy's got two little kids at the home at the yeah. time, and you came and lived here in one of our rooms in the old it, youth, house yeah, in the youth house for a month.
1: Yeah, we cleaned out the storage room and had a twin size bed down there. <laughs> yep. Yeah. You know,
0: and two things that I just heard that are just a great reminder is, is you said two things that I think make you really uh, smart. And that, the first thing is you said, Can I buy you lunch? And I think that's something that um, people kind of miss nowadays. It's like if you're interacting with someone and you see there's something there that you really want to learn from them, just that invitation uh-huh. to say, hey, can I buy you lunch? And then then you get that hour of time where it's just them. And I think for uh, us as guys to remember, it's like if you're interacting with someone, it's someone in your career or someone that you look to personally and they're doing something that's really interesting to you, it's like, man, just to invite them into that, it's like, can, can I get you lunch so then you can unpack that? Yeah, definitely. And then the other thing was is that um, I'd really like to mentor you, and then you, you were brave enough to follow up with that three weeks later yeah. and, and say, right. okay, so what does this really mean? And, and, and stay in that conversation, which led to this. So that's, that's pretty awesome.
1: Yeah, and really the beautiful part about that is what you just said, though. And it, it's the, uh, I had two small kids at home. Yeah. So it's like communicating to my wife, this is something I feel God is moving me to go do, not understanding what the plan was and everything. Right. And for us to be on the same page, to be praying about it together, and to say, "Is yeah. this direction?" Yeah. You know. And it's like I don't know what direction this is going to be, but I just know God's tugging at my heart.
0: And was she was she supportive?
1: Uh, it was kind of one of those things. Uh, be honest with you. You know, at the beginning there was this. Uh, this idea of i'm going to be a youth pastor's wife that i have to fit this profile and when you're in a small town you know we're in a town of a thousand church had a hundred we had 110 people uh, average attendance so a lot of it was the the old you know the pastor the kind of the school marm thing excuse me but Uh i mean come on guys it's been a while but in the you know in small towns that's just how it was you know this very submissive and You've met Leslie, mm-hmm. you know, submissiveness probably isn't how you would describe Leslie. Nope. Uh, and, but that's why I married her because she's outgoing, adventuresome, and you know, she's fun, you know, she she wants to engage, she wants to live life to the fullest. Uh, and the beautiful thing is she's willing to partner with me and she has to, to go through all this now yeah. for over 25 years of saying, okay, God, what is it you want us to do? Yeah. So, but that opened so, that door so much.
0: So then youth ministry, you know, and there, we could talk for hours about all those oh, things. Yeah, but um, recently, um, so I went and I interned with you in 1997. Yeah. I, I moved to St. Louis for that summer, 98, I'm sorry, the summer of 98. Yeah. And when I went there, um one of the things that happened when i got there is is you say get in the vans we're going to juarez mexico i'm like oh okay and and so we literally drove down there and i got to build a house with you in in juarez mexico and i think that was your guys' second year of doing that trip
1: absolutely right so
0: um now i grew up going to mexicali to do uh vacation bible schools in high school and that was a great experience but then i went down there and i built a house for someone and it's like it really was, a, it was it was such a powerful, impacting experience. And over time, um, you took multiple churches and over a thousand people yeah. to Mexico to build homes in 15 years. Um, real quick, brag a little bit. How many homes have you been a part of building in Mexico? Uh, you know, and and a, a, a yeah. now Dominican and Guatemala and all these other places. How many homes have you physically been a part of?
1: So, yeah, and that's one of those. I, you know, it, it's, if you'd have told me that, hey, you know, that was 97 when we started, to sit there and say 23 years later, how many houses you built, I couldn't honestly tell you. You know, and the reason for that is, I mean, we had some years where like year one, you know, we went one time. Year two, we went twice. Then we started going three or four times a year. And then, yep. you know, it was just all these, you know, the, the craziness of all the trips, you know. So we're, yeah, we're closer to 100, something like that, uh, homes, you know, that I've actually physically been a part of. You know, this year, God bless it, I've been down there six times. So yeah. <laughs> it's just one of those.
0: And so you were working in the full-time church world, and you and I had yeah. uh, a lot of conversations about youth ministry over the years. And, um, and then God opened up doors for you um, to go work for this organization, Casas Por Cristo, and, and to come join their team and their, their staff. What does Casas Por Cristo do, and what do you do for them?
1: Okay. So, yeah, uh, four and a half years ago, Uh, it was one of those things where I was very comfortable in the job that I was in extremely comfortable Uh, but just due to some circumstances that were going within uh, within the organization uh, the church at the time I'm driving back and and just God just put it on my heart you know give Pete Dockery a call and uh, Pete's our field director in uh, Guatemala Uh, incredible young man Dave knows him really well Uh, outstanding but anyhow I called Pete and uh, Pete said, like, uh, "Donnie, you're not going to believe this, uh, but we were just talking about this kind of a position a week ago. We need someone like you that knows what it looks like from the the church side, just to go out and help recruit churches so they can see what the full benefit of Casa's to see what it's all about. And uh, and what you alluded to earlier, you know, you you went there in '98 uh, and you keep coming back because it." it To tell people, it's like, you're going to go on a trip, okay? You're going to come into this, into Mexico, into this culture, and you're going to go out to this job site, and here's all the lumber, here's uh, the cement, here's, you know, the chicken wire windows, doors, insulation, sheetrock, everything you need to build a house is stacked right here. And here is a family living in a cardboard shack. And you're going to be the person... That's going to transform all this. That God's going to use you to make a kingdom difference, and it's just, and you're going to do it in three days. Mm-hmm. And it's like, we're gonna, that's going to happen in three days. But uh, and, and you know, you're sitting out there, and yeah, it's just everybody's working together, and you have people that never swung hammers before, or, you know, the shovels, all that kind of stuff. Costas has done such a great job of how they train and teach people to do the job it's like an old Mennonite barn raising we all have something that we can give everybody gets in there it's like hey you do your thing I'll do my thing and before you know it, you look around it's like three days later here's a house and the best part though of building that house is that whole time you're getting a love on the family you know just getting to hang out with them build relationships you know a lot of times the kids are if the kids are around they want to help. Mm-hmm. You know, if, if you got an extra hammer or anything laying around, they, they want to pick it up. They want to, and they want you to show them. Again, it comes back a little bit to what you said on that mentoring thing. Right. And, I, I, and it's just my heart. I special event when we get teenagers. When there's teenagers in the family or teenagers in the community, it's like, hey, guys, you want to come and help? Yeah. And they, in a heartbeat, you know, they want to be part of something significant. Uh, so anyhow, then at the end of the week, you know after those three days to get to stand there in the circle and to share the gospel with his family for them to actually see the gospel you you're not just talking it you know they got to experience it and uh yeah that when that, that uh, plaque is getting nailed on where you know like you nail on one side and the family nails on the other side and then to watch mom open that that door for the first time and to know that god used you to make a kingdom difference you know, if nothing else for this family, but it's the difference that it makes in your heart when you come back to Faith Troy or wherever you're from when you come back to say, "Okay, this is something I want to be a part of," and that's why we've been doing it for twenty three years. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, it is a um, it, is, it is such it's just an incredible experience. And what I think about is um, you and I are kind of in this this position. So you you at the end of the day, you're selling churches to say. Here's something yep. you guys should consider. It's, mm-hmm. a, it's a great experience for you. There's tons of benefits to any organization if they go on a trip with CASAS. It doesn't matter if it's a company who goes, if it's a church, if it's whatever. Um, and then I'm the next trickle down on that, so then I'm trying to sell people on it and yeah. say, hey, you should consider this. Like the first year we go, it took me a lot of, a lot of conversations to get 11, 11 guys to go. Since then, we've had years of 55 guys, we've had years of um, you know, um, multiple people, different things like that, and now it's at the point other guys are telling their friends, hey, it, you, know, you should definitely do this, and so forth. And um, to see all of them receive that experience, but like, one of the things I've always appreciated about you is, is that you help people understand that this is, a, this is just another way to apply your faith. And um, this is another way to kind of live out God's calling in your life and so forth. And you have a couple of scriptures that you always like to speak about when you talk about these things. And one of the things you talk to me about is in Luke. You know? So what I would like for you to do is kind of just y- explain that, you know, how you, you explain that through the, the gospel of Luke and what's going on with this.
1: Okay, yeah, so for that, uh, you can go to Luke 9 and Luke 10, and then it's going to be John 6. So that's going to be where all the references So I'm going to bounce all over the place. But uh, in, in Luke 9, uh, you start reading about that. Jesus calls the 12 together ends, and uh, essentially looks at the boys and says, Hey, uh, all power and authority I give you. I want you now to go out. I want you to drive out demons. I want you to heal the sick, and I want you to share the gospel. Now, I can, you know, if it was me, you, you got to realize right before that, they had seen Jesus like heal this little girl who was dead. And brought her back to life and stuff. And it's like, okay, he's wanting to give you all this power and authority. He wants you to go out and and do all these miracles to you know to love on people. I would be totally stoked. I'd be like, you, you know, I get to go do it. You know, it's not I don't just going to talk about it. You know, I, we don't have to sit here in another seminar. You're actually going to let me go do it. And it's like, yeah, go take off. And uh, I would be stoked. But uh, you know, I'd be grabbing stuff. It's like, you know, let me get all, all my. Bags, let me get my water, let me get my tools, let me get you know let me get everything I'm gonna need, you know, to go out. And Jesus calls a timeout, and I love this part. He calls a timeout, and says, uh, yeah, before you get ready to head out, guys, uh yeah, no water, uh, no no clothes, don't take extra shoes, no money, and no food. <laughs> and here's the strategy. Okay? I want you to pair up, and I just want you to walk into a village and start knocking on the doors, okay? If they let you in, great. Go in there and do what it's, you know, what it's all about. Just love on them. And uh, if not, wipe the dust from your feet and, and go on to the next one. And right there to me, that—that that is so powerful. One, they go. The fact that it's like, you know, you want us to what? You know, here's Jesus, 100% God, 100% man. He could easily say, okay, this is the village you want to go to. You know, house number 101 is good. House number, you know, 301 is bad. You know, you don't want to go there. He could have easily laid it all out for him. Oh, by the way, since you're going to be out here for the next week, here's the clothes you need to pack. Here's how much food, here's your travel money. Here's, you know, all the stuff. He could have easily laid that all out for him. Mm -hmm. But he didn't. Matter of fact, he went just the opposite. He actually made it more difficult. And for me, I'm sitting there, you know, just it's just how, again, large part how Byron trained. I'm just sitting there going, if I'm one of those guys, if you and I are walking down the road, and now we've been walking in the heat, and we've been walking three or four hours, and you're dying of thirst, I'm hungry, we're tired, and we gotta go knock on that door, that very first door? How much praying do you think we've been doing on the way? Mm. How much talking to, you know, each other, but also to God saying, Okay, God, give me give me the courage. Give me the courage to step outside my comfort zone and, and knock on that door. You know, and God, please, you know, in, in your infinite mercy, let this be the right door on the first try. You know, that's that's just how we are. Yep. You know, and I think that was one of those things. It's like getting out of, getting outside of our comfort zones and learning to pray and trust God in the circumstances. Mm-hmm. So they did. They go out. They knocked on the doors. Uh, and I can just imagine, you know, they're coming back. And it, it says, you know, they came back. They're, they're totally stoked. You know, it's, can you imagine 12 guys coming back? and it's like yeah I did i i did the whole you know i you know put the dirt in my hand and spit and rubbed it in their eyes and stuff and then they washed it and they could see and just all the stories that they you yeah. know i mean it'd be bigger than any fair story you ever realized. you know they they'd all, they'd be going off and just all that excitement you know about it, driving out demons just all the stuff that they did mm-hmm. totally stoked about it you know but if you keep reading through Luke 9 when they come back they're coming back from a mission trip You've been on a lot of them. You are, uh, you do. It's a mountaintop experience. You come back and it's just a spiritual. Oh, this is so incredible. But when you get home, you're butt exhausted. <laughs> you're just wiped mm-hmm. out. You know, you're tired. You're hungry. You want to be in your own bed. You know, it's just one of those. As great as that was, it's just like, and I'm spent. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I'll, honestly, they came back from their their mission trip spent because what happened is as you keep reading through Luke 9 when they came back the crowds came with them they told everybody about Jesus and they're like we want to know you know so uh, they started following well then that's where it leads right into the feeding of the 5000 which makes absolute sense why did the crowds all show up you know how did yeah these guys had all been out doing this incredible work right you know uh but because they were spent they were exhausted uh, they wanted Jesus to tell everyone, go home. <laughs> you know, they, they didn't have any more to give. Yeah. And as you read that, that scripture right there, it says, but Jesus had compassion on, on the crowd. And he also had compassion, you know, and with the feeding of the 5,000, he, he's, what he's using that is to teach the guys. You know, it's like, it's great to go have this on this mission trip, but it's also when we come back, it's to make sure that we still have that compassion. Mm. that we still have that that desire to make a kingdom difference and then the crazy thing is right after that i mean we have the transfiguration where you know um, peter james and john got to go up top and see see jesus in all of his glory and then they come down and here's the you know the nine disciples and you know they're trying to do what they had done on the mission trip they're trying to to drive out this demon out of this little boy and they're unsuccessful and uh, then jesus walks in and does his thing and and then they're asking Jesus, you know, uh, uh, how come we couldn't do it? And this one, and this one to me is just, it says, this kind can only come out with prayer. They try to do it in their own power. Hmm. They were sent out under Jesus' power and authority hmm. to do all these things, and now here it is, and they. Without the compassion and without seeking God's favor, God's guidance, and okay, just their daily lives now. Here they they still had a heart. They wanted to okay. They had the compassion part. They wanted to help, but they still need to invite God to work through them, to say, God, how how can you use me to still make a kingdom difference here in my own community? Yeah, Yeah, And they forgot that part. Right. You know, you still need to pray. (laughs) You still need to do this thing. So then after that, uh, they're walking on their own. They're, They're arguing with each other about who's the greatest. You know, it's guys. Right. You, know, I, I, you can imagine the three ripping on the nine saying, seriously, you didn't even bother praying? It's mm-hmm. like, you know, right. you know so he's like, so they're all going back and forth on that. And then it, from that, then, and it's just the guy thing. You get into Luke 10, and in the Luke 10 thing, it starts talking about Jesus now calls 70 of them around. Now, this is after, do you understand, Jesus calls them out for he knows what they're arguing about so he calls them out for it so I don't know if if they thought maybe it's like okay we can replaced so (laughs) now he calls the seven together and says the same thing all power and authority you know I give you drive out demons heal the sick share the gospel and this seven is all same same guidelines except this is something that I don't know that I've ever seen on a mission flyer in anywhere in all my years you know, of doing this. He says, I'm sending you out like sheep among wolves. Just not anything you see on mission flyers. Right. Yeah, it's like, yeah. hey, yeah, we want you to come out because we're sending you out like sheep among wolves. But again, they pair up, they go, and then they come back, same thing, totally stoked. Mm-hmm. Uh, and as they come back, Jesus uh they're all excited trying to tell all the stories and everything and Jesus says hey be excited yeah it's good that you're excited about what happened Mm -hmm. but be more excited that your name's written in the book of life Hmm. in other words guys yeah this is great but it's having that relationship with Jesus that's more important than all of our works but our works help bring others into that relationship with Jesus a lot you know if we keep the main thing the main thing right and that that that's what you know he's getting around on that but not if you take all those then you circle back around and look at the John 6 but then in John 6 Jesus starts teaching again to all these followers and he says hey if you want to be my follower if you really want to be you know one of my disciples I just need you to, to eat my flesh and drink my blood. Hmm. Yeah. And they didn't understand that. Right. The they, hard teaching. The that's hard teaching. What, that's
0: what it says there in John 6.
1: This yeah. is a hard teaching. This is a hard teaching. Yeah. And uh, pretty soon, he looks up and there's 12 standing there. <laughs> yep. And, and it's like, you know, he asked him, Do you want to go too? And it's like, Where would we go? Right. You are the Messiah you are the christ and and we know that of that only 11 of the 12 got it understood that and you know dave i hate to say it but it's no different and i've seen that in you know the all the years of youth ministry you sit there, you can have these mission trips or you can have these mountaintop retreats all that kind of stuff Uh, where people just experience the love of Christ and you know people are like well when I get back I'm gonna read my Bible you know I'm gonna quit doing this I'm gonna quit doing that I'm going to do this I'm gonna do that you know and then they get back and just the reality of where they're at hits yeah and a lot of that starts the further you get away from it and the more that the the world starts beating you down you you forget all that stuff Mm -hmm. and you go back to the old ways but here's the reality some of them it sticks yeah, and that's and that's why I've always done it, you know. To sit there and say all the years have taken all those youth and taken those men, and they, it's the leadership. It's the, the, getting those people that's like this is what I want to do. This is th- this is what I feel called, you know. It's like I want to make a kingdom difference, and, and I'm not saying everybody's becoming pastors and youth pastors or you know music leaders or all that kind of stuff. I'm saying it's people that's like okay. I understand and I want to keep building the kingdom when I get home and well, that's why boys for me that's what it's always been about.
0: you know when we were doing mission trips in the youth world you know we we got to see this we got to give those you know, kids experiences year after year and I remember I don't know five six years ago somehow you end up kind of coming in and talking with me and some other people in leadership and helped us kind of think about mission trips in different lights and you brought up this idea of doing a men's mission trip, you know, and I'm like, well, that's interesting. And I started thinking about it, and you're like, Dave, it, it just, it's a powerful experience. And you, you kind of leaned in on me and said, it'll be worth it. And I'm like, okay. And I remember after the first year and going into the second year um, to see these guys uh, get this experience and to see what happens because of it. And I could talk, you know, at length about different things I've gotten to experience. But when, you know, again, if, we're, if I'm trying to sell someone on this idea, and the only reason I'm selling them is I don't get more money, I don't get anything out of the deal if they go, right? right. It's just like, I just know this is a good thing. And if it's a good thing, I want everyone to experience it, right? Um, and so when you talk about why men participating on mission trips, um, what's the value for them? A guy, you know, clearing his schedule, taking time off of work, taking financial yeah. resources and going, You know what do you say? Like, hey, this is why you should think about it.
1: Yeah, uh, to that. Uh, I don't know. I'm sure you got CrossFit up here. It's all over the. It's everywhere. Yeah, yeah. Uh, We have that cult. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. Whether you have CrossFit or uh, is it Tough Mudder or some of those? Yeah, some of those
0: have gotten reorganized. But yeah, I've heard. Yeah, Yeah, some of
1: those. You know, you go out there and it's like, what? What has made CrossFit and Tough Mudder so successful? it's the brotherhood. Yeah. And you look there at CrossFit, there's a bunch of guys that are going to gym and they challenge each other to be better. And there's some accountability and they put up the, here's the WOD, here's all the stuff, the workout that you have to do for today. And you try to do what your max is and I'll try to do my max in this 20 minute time, you know, whatever the time limit they put up yeah. there. And at the end, everybody's high-fiving. Whether you were able to do five push-ups or whether you were able to do 500 push-ups, you know, they're all, you know, it's the encouragement, it's the coming up alongside, it's the brotherhood thing. Or if you go over to the Tough mutter, uh, you know, you can sit there and say, this isn't a race where I'm gonna beat you this is, how can we help get each other through all these obstacles? Yeah. And it's reaching down, pulling each other up over the walls or, or just coaching each other. The same thing, coming up alongside, you know, just all this incredible intense experience so at the end we can go get a beer. I don't know why they do that. But anyhow, right. that's, you know, yeah. but that's, that's the brotherhood. Okay, the first time that I did that with the almonds trip, it was that. It was going out there and being on that work site and it's all guys and with all the guys you know and some of it is just you know spiritual gift of sarcasm you know yes. everybody just ripping on everybody yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's just that brotherhood that you know challenging each other mm-hmm. but the the you know so all day you're working and there's this intense you know let's get this done and all this kind of stuff and if you don't know what to do it's like watching guys it's like hey you know if you do it this way it's a little bit easier and stuff And guys being able to to take it, to accept it, Mm -hmm. you know, to be encouraged in it. And, you know, it yeah, it's just to see that happen, to see, you know, these guys pulling together as a team. And then the beautiful thing uh, is in the evening. Uh, And this is what guys don't do. Um, But when we sit down and here's this community of believers, this brotherhood saying, okay. Let's study this the the scripture, and so how does this apply to your life? Mm-hmm. And God, you you see the walls coming down, and guys don't do tender, but in that moment there's this tenderness in this brotherhood, and you know it's not I'm not saying everybody's sitting out crying. That's not what I mean. It's just the fact that uh, they're willing to be vulnerable with each other, uh, mm-hmm. humility. There's this just this spirit of humility, and everybody's talking stuff like that and then praying you know for each other. Just that. Just those bonds, and, and you can't, to get everybody to stop here and say, let's, let's, let's go do this, they won't do it. But if I say, let's go build this house, oh, I'll go build a house, and then this comes with it. Yeah. this is, It's like a bonus on top of it. But if I said, hey, we're all gonna sit around and do a Bible study, and you know, no one shows up exactly. I don't, I don't even want to go. And I'm, I'm like, a thank you, I'm a professional Christian. I'm like, yeah, I'll pass exactly yeah. because that's, that's not who we are. But right. if you give us this purpose, yep. and here's this greater purpose, and then the most beautiful thing, and this is always the best what we said earlier when everybody circled up and you're nailing the plaque on, you wouldn't believe how many guys are getting all the dust out of their eyes, and yeah. <laughs> you know, watching the mama turn the key for the first time and here's the reality in that moment the Holy Spirit everything that we've heard from you know Pastor Joe or whoever your pastor is and everything you've learned about Jesus I think by the power of the Holy Spirit it goes from your head to your heart and you get it and I don't know how to else explain it you just get it and it's set there saying okay now I know what this is all about and to have men come back and and when they come back you know they're not high-fiving and hugging each other out in the lobby but they are coming across the lobby to talk to each other whereas before you didn't have that community you didn't have that brotherhood yeah so you know it's like you're seeing those connections and then just to hear stories and i'm sure you have where guys are like checking in on each other saying hey brother Mm -hmm. where you been that kind of these are things that again it's forged in the battle and when you're down there you know building that house you know that's the battle you're in as this you know band of brothers and it's just incredible to see it still being played out when we come home so yeah
0: one of the other things that you've um had the privilege of doing and we and we definitely want to do this more as a church but getting um dads to go on mission trips with their kids oh yeah and um and so you've gotten to do that so many different times yeah. um and so for a father to go on a mission trip with his kid, what are some of the, the, the benefits that the dad receives by doing that?
1: Um, yeah, man, it's, uh, you're asking me that one. That's a, that it, yeah, I've done it with, you know, Chelsea and then Josh and then Nick. Uh, and now I'm starting to do with my granddaughters, you know, and it will, won't be long. It'll be my grandson coming up to do How tonight. old are your granddaughters when they get to go? Uh, we've always, again, CASA's doesn't have an age limit. No, but, but what's your age We've limit? always, oh, I've always put it at age 10. Yeah. You know, age 10 coming down with family. It's just at that age, like Nick at age 10 or Lexi, you know, my granddaughter, uh, you know, they can come in and as far as putting the roof nails you know, into the, uh, for the chicken wire or the blackboard, uh, they can all help with that. Uh, but it's for them to come in alongside you. And, and the, the difference, the biggest difference of taking your kid, you slow down. And your focus isn't on the task, but it's mentoring your child to say, here's how you, here's how you hammer, here's how you cut Dave, if you'd have been there to see Lexi when I showed her how I've got that DeWalt electric nailer yeah. to sit there and here she is at age 10 and I'm showing her here's how you hold it and stuff and just standing there, you know, as Papa's watching over and she can shove it in there and pull the trigger and just to see the grin, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, yeah, you know, she got it, you know, and then to, to watch, you know, your kids out there playing you know, with the the kids in the neighborhood, Yeah. you know, and then to, you know, yeah, watch Lexi, uh, you know, nail on that plaque up on the house since this was the Lexi built, and this year it'll be Lizzie. But uh, to see that, uh, when you come back, um, if nothing else, they know Papa's heart. They know Papa's heart for Jesus Mm -hmm. and for people, and that's what uh, you can say it all day long, you know, but if you really want them to live it out, help them experience it. That's what, Mm so yeah, (laughs) we both better quit. (laughs) You know, and as we've,
0: as we've talked about that now, I've obviously had the privilege of doing this uh, a lot in my life, and um, before COVID, we were scheduled as a church to take a family mission trip down to Acuna, which is one of the other mission sites you guys work with. And my wife and I had a conversation and she used to get to go on these building trips before she started uh, um, to have our kids and have to stay home while I'm doing that. And I said, honey, I go, I, th- I really would like for you to go and take our daughter, our oldest daughter. And again, we're thinking age 10 or 11 yeah. to take them in there. And again, the value I look at with that is like, there's certain ages where you start to do things and that will probably just become my children's normal.
1: Yeah.
0: Oh, I go to another country and I help people yeah. and, um, <laughs> And I live in these really difficult circumstances. And that's just what we do. Because you know, if you do that about age 10 and 11, you're thinking that's just normal, yeah. right? Um, all the things that I think are normal because of you know what I got to experience in my middle school and high school years. And uh, for me to be able to send my wife down there so she can build yep. and, and do that with my daughter, it's like, yeah, do I want to do that with them? Sure, but I want my wife to be able to take them the first time and let them, because again, I, I get to do this so much more yeah. and, and she doesn't. and but for my children to come home and to have that perspective change, right? To know, and again, you, just like with kids where they would always see the, the poverty in the high school ministry and they go, I can't believe how good I have it. And that usually lasts about 72 hours, yeah. right? And then they're back to the like, my, my data plan sucks. You know, it's, yeah. too, it's too small, right? Yeah. You know, yeah. that kind of a deal. <laughs> but like, again, I, I think those, it doesn't make that experience invalid. Correct. I'm just helping build a, uh, I'm putting a brick in their wall of, of their yep. the story of their life, right? And so that's really um, been one of the things that I think people should be thinking about. is like, these things that I am doing, how can I do them with my children? And okay. I never thought about that, but that would be a, 100% right and probably frustrating for me, is it would force me to slow down. Yeah. And and as you know, with Casas, it's like somehow that house always gets built. Yeah. Right. Like, so me slowing down isn't going to change that value that much. It's like, it's going to still get built. Yeah. You know, Um, but like to be able to understand that when I'm down there, I get to look at my kids differently. And I think for us as parents, it's like, there's very few things that cause you to slow down and do things with your kids, yeah. like to help just teach it. I mean, it's like, cause it's all it is like, I just got to get this done. We got to get this done. Right? Yep. yep. And so that, and that was a really good When you get all work. guys,
1: that's kind of, guys have that, you know, how fast can we, how fast can we build this How thing? fast can we build it? But with the kids that, that goes by the wayside. Yeah. That, that doesn't become the, the top goal. Yep. You know, it's building that with the kids. With what you were saying that, uh, and this is probably the, probably the coolest thing that came out of 2020 was uh, my son Nick, you know, who's mm-hmm. 25. Uh, he and Mia just got married uh, last March, and uh, Nick went his first time at age 10. So this, this summer was his 15th anniversary <laughs> of building homes uh, in Mexico and <laughs> uh, down in Juarez. And uh, the cool thing was he wanted so much this year to build because he wanted his new bride to see this is, this is what it's all about you want it heard they want to start that as a family tradition and that's one of those things as a daddy yeah as a daddy (laughs) to sit there and say yeah this is if my son and my daughters you know if they want to keep this going for their kids and that's why Chelsea's ready to now bring Lizzie Lizzie turns 10 so it's time for Lizzie to come down and do it and if you can get your kids to to where they want to keep this tradition of being Jesus with skin on and serving people dude. And you, well done, good and faithful servant.
0: I think that's so cool that your kids want to do it, even if you're not doing it. Yeah. That's that's pretty great. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> so, yeah. Okay. Well, and um, I think, oh, I'll edit this all out here. You're good. <laughs> uh, all right.
1: That's the and good stuff, dude.
0: Yeah, we're good. Um, yeah. So let's just go to the the hard take here. So, if you've uh, if you've enjoyed this conversation and um, this is something that you're glad that you are heard, I'm going to ask that you do a couple things for us. First of all, that you would subscribe to our YouTube page at Faith Troy. Also, that you would smash that like button and maybe even leave a comment in there. And if you want to hear the extended format of this conversation, um, everything that we talked about. You can find that. Uh, the I'm Glad I Heard That podcast on all the podcasting platforms, including Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Again, search for I'm Glad I Heard That and subscribe. Thanks so much for spending time with us. Thank you, Donnie. Peace. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Great. Got him. Woof. <laughs>